Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and public speaker. Uh, well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network, so hopefully you check out all the good podcasts on that network. This is season four, episode 20, and today we have with us uh, one of my favorite guests. We have Mr. Paul Yenny with us, which his Twitter handle is the opposite of that. It's at Mr. Yenny Paul. Uh, welcome back, Paul. I'm glad to be here. It's good to be back. Uh, so for anybody that m- missed one of my favorite series on the Well Played, it's in fact probably the only series on the Well Played, <laughs> is Questions from Paul. Uh, Paul, uh, last year, asked, yep. asked questions throughout the year as he gamified, and it's Paul's second year, well, was your second year? Yes, last year was my second year. First year gamifying, second year teaching. That's right, and... So can you imagine that, guys? Second year teaching, and and the guy had to deal with a global pandemic. <laughs> I, you know, I am. That was rough, but I also am feeling for. We have a brand new teacher at our school this year teaching music, and I can't even imagine starting. We're starting with distance learning, and and I feel for him, especially. Uh yeah, I mean. I don't know how you you do something like music, uh, a music class or a choir class. Uh, how holy cow! I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> that's tough stuff. But we're glad to have you back, Paul. And today, Paul and I decided we're we're going to chat a little bit about. I've referenced this in past podcasts. What I call l- like lowercase gamification, like little g. Right? We got little G and big G. You guys know that I absolutely love gamification in general. I like both those Gs, lowercase and uppercase. But uh, uppercase can be intimidating. Uppercase gamification is like the big thing, the theme, the badges, the items, the, right? Like lots of game mechanics working all at once in concert to produce a unique experience for the students. And that's great for like a unit. That's great for... Uh, like your whole course, if you want to like wrap the whole year into an experience, however, can be can be daunting. And now that we're doing all of this stuff with uh, COVID, some of us doing like half days, some of us doing rotations, some of us doing all virtual, some of us doing like rolling closures, is what our school district says, just to brace for. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, with all of that in the mix, Paul and I said. You know, it might be good to concentrate a little bit on lowercase g, right? What are just sort of the one mechanic you could drop into a lesson, right? Just to mm-hmm. spice that up. And exactly, we we talked about because the the kind of impetus for this was um, we were chatting about what we're going to talk about, and I I said, you know, circumstances this year just are not allowing me to gamify like I would want to. Um, there's just some of the COVID we're starting online. We might be going back in at the end of the quarter. We don't know. And there's so many different pieces that we're all getting used to that just jumping into the year and throwing gamification at kids would be too much for me and too much to ask of them and too much to ask of all the other kind of people involved in that thing. So we're, we're going to talk about what, what pieces what little games, mini games, pieces can we drop in no matter what the circumstances? So one, I just want to like disclaimer out there. 
I think big G gamification here could be a great bonding piece and could actually help with this transition, which this isn't going to be a cop-out. I'm going to immediately now <laughs> go into lowercase g. One of the mechanics I'm going to say we could steal, lowercase g, and just apply one mechanic to a lesson is this is a great time for – Paul, you teach on a team, right? Like you have multiple teachers on your team. Yes. Right. And I get this question a lot like, ah, oh, man, like we're at different places. We're all at different places. We're all at different places in our career, our abilities, our interests. So like – what what a great way borrow the one mechanic of theme for just a mm -hmm. lesson or just like a two-day activity just to give it a shot and then you're not oh, locked yeah. into this year-long like oh my gosh i don't know if i want to be superheroes all year i don't know if i want to be i do realm of nobles this medieval society just try borrowing the theme for like a lesson hey guys in our math unit this week we're we're preparing the space shuttle for launch and like we gotta let's all collect some you know let's let's fuel it up and today if we can get enough math problems in our zoom meeting done like we're gonna load the rocket up and hopefully by friday we'll be able to launch the rocket you know and even yeah. kids are like well, what does that do it doesn't even matter. like whatever guys like we're astronauts let's do this well and I, I i like that as as a fifth grade teacher it's kind of that last year where I can harness them with that without getting the, what does this mean? That they're just excited to be on board before they go to middle school and start going, what, what, huh? Yeah. And that questioning kind of thing. I get, I still get that, like, you're a kid and I can just say we're doing something fun and imagine, and they're going to jump right on board without any other bells and whistles. Yeah, usually. so I, I really want to encourage everybody, and I want you all to know, I'm encouraging myself to do this. Like, this year is a great time to experience like multiple themes, try different things. For me, they're going to be little vignettes. I know I'm sticking with Realm of Nobles. I absolutely love it. But there there have been little storylines I wish I could take them on, you know, like just little drop-in <laughs> adventures. And so I'm going to tell myself this is a great year to build in these weird drop-in adventures. Some of them might work, some of them might not. But it's also a great time to show people in your building, invite people in your building, because that's so takeable, right? Like you could <laughs> say at a team meeting – whether it's your own grade level team or just any, you know, like anybody in your school, you could be like, Hey, I did this little like thing. where all throughout the week. We were loading the rocket ship up and on Friday we launched it, you know, just by doing some math problems. And if kids raised their hand enough, like that was the crew check in and all this other stuff, it made my zoom meeting that much better. Like then all of a sudden the third grade teacher in your building is like, well, I'll, I'll try it. All right, guys, like we're astronauts <laughs> on, on, you know, shuttle Yenny and <laughs> let's, let's see if we can blast off. Um, so just theme would be one that I think we all should experiment with for sure. Oh, absolutely. I think that fits really nice. And we, one of the things we were going to start in person this year, but we're not start, but we're going to start online this year is our school chunked out 20 minutes that we're doing an entire school. Every class is doing a morning meeting and that's a, to do some social emotional stuff. And that's a perfect time to drop in a theme for the day and to theme the morning meeting around what what is our journey for this week what what path are we taking what this week we're superheroes how does that look or this week we're pirates and how does that look and what and drop in those little nuggets in that 20 minute time every day while we're checking in i love it too i mean what a what a neat concept there and you know there was a like a white paper i read about 
uh, kids taking math tests. And there was a group of kids that just were asked to, I think they were fifth graders, they might have been fourth graders, but like just to take the math test. And then they scored that group of students, right? Another group was told to like imagine, just like before taking the math test, just take a deep breath and imagine that you're a superhero. And they took the test and they scored it. And then they, they had a third group that was like, we want you actually to dress up as a superhero. So these kids like came in with the capes <laughs> and the, the, you know, the giant S on their shirt. Um, and they scored those math tests. And actually each group did better, right? So just thinking of themselves as a superhero, they had a, a statistical difference in terms of them improving their math scores, which stopping and breathing for a second and saying, I am Superman, you know, like, that's amazing like that that actually had a statistical difference i'm not saying it was like a 50 percent increase or anything but it has statistical difference like it was it was worth it it was taking that's, a deep that's breath fantastic. yeah and then there was a statistical difference from that that group to the one that dressed up as superheroes so <laughs> uh you know when you talk about social emotional learning we're we are so complex as humans and so just recognizing that power of imagination. So again, going back to that theme in the rocket ship, like who cares what it means? Who cares what it does? Who cares if Paul never uses it again? For that week, those kids were astronauts. And like, by golly, doing those long division problems meant we were like making calculations to make it around the moon. And like, I wanted to do it, you know? I wanted to yeah. make a safe flight for our Apollo 20 because 2020 has not been so good so far. <laughs> uh, yeah. our, so like other little G's, all right, we don't want to stick just on theme. Yeah. The, theme's a good one to drop in. But um, another one that I can speak to that I did during my distance learning that worked in, we used Google Meet. Uh, mm -hmm. Just works just like Zoom. You know, you got the little Yep, the little we panel. have WebEx, same, same thing. Same thing, right? All the different, yeah. So when you're talking to the grid, because that's everybody, right? When you're talking <laughs> to the grid view. Uh, one that I liked a lot was kind of this Pictionary mechanic. Mm -hmm. And so I used a, a free web page called whiteboard.fi. And it gives each student their own little whiteboard. And you can see all whiteboards happening live. You can see every one of them drawing at the same time. Oh, I like that. You have a whiteboard in which you can force students to look at and like, so I could say like, I want you to do something like this, now go do it on your whiteboard. Or you can draw something on yours or upload something to yours and then push it out to them. So they all have like the starting, like for me, I'm a history teacher. I could have them all like start with a map of Europe for something and say like, now draw some capitals or whatever. I, would, I wouldn't I would ask my students to do that, but <laughs> you get the idea. Yes. Uh, so. Going back to this Pictionary mechanic, this is such a little G gamification that has such big payout. Uh, I had the students, this was after you had read a little bit, after you're into the chapter, this would not be the beginning thing to do, but as you're in the back like quarter of a unit, I had them have a nice amount of vocabulary at this point. And I said, all right guys, I broke them into teams and on whiteboard.fi you can type in your name so kind of like kahoot like you don't have an account you just sort of go there they put in this code for the room and then they can just type whatever name they want so what i had them do is put first the color i assigned them so you're in the green group paul so paul would write green paul you know i'd write blue michael and now when i'm seeing all these drawings 
I know which team they are. And then just on a sheet of paper, Paul, like nothing super technical here, sheet of paper, I say, all right, guys, we're going to do Pictionary Rules. you got to show me you understand this vocab term. And I'm going to give you about 45 seconds, maybe a minute. I usually tell them 45 seconds, but give them a minute, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To sort of draw and show me that you know this concept. And boom, they're, they're having at it. I'm seeing all these drawings come in. And I am just with my sheet of paper. This isn't winner takes all. I'm really trying to include everybody. I'm just like, oh, man, like, Paul, great job. Green team gets a point. Oh, Susie, like, fantastic. Red team gets a point. Ah, oh, Mark, if you would just add just a teach more, like, that's going to be a point for that yellow team. Like, I'm going to double back on you, Mark. And just, like, quickly looking at all these things. And then you just hit clear board and give them the next, the next vocab term. Oh, I love that. And it's like high engagement. It's poppy. It's fun. You can be a little relational and dropping those little jokes in there. Um, little little G gamification, but, but little G, big payout though. So you saying that reminds me of one we did last semester. And I think you've kind of given me a way to kind of tweak it. Because last, last semester was obviously, hey, let's just survive. And so, <laughs> so true. What I found one where you get the kids to find some sort of flat surface at home that is movable, like a book or a clipboard and a piece of paper. And you do Pictionary, but they have to keep the whiteboard and the paper on top of their head or they have to stop drawing. So as soon as they take it off their head, they have to stop drawing. As a relationship builder, it was the best thing I did last semester. We laughed so hard together. So wait, but I'm drawing that, over my head. So you are you're so you have the book on you on top of your head like your head is the table and you have then a whiteboard and a paper and you are drawing. Yes. So like yes. like I'm in etiquette school. Like it is laying on yes. top of my head. And then I'm I'm drawing on that laid whiteboard. Yes, but but you could easily adapt it to what you're talking about, where it's I'm giving everyone the same vocab term, draw it, and let's see what ridiculous things come come out of it. <laughs> and and it's it it really is that was the most we felt like a community last semester, and so I think. I love that idea. I'm I'm actually trying to think of all the different things I could use whiteboard.fi for now. Um, oh, it's it's so awesome, and like you said, you can get pretty creative with it. And my kids loved the software. It was so fun to see. You can push out, obviously, like if I like one of the drawings, you can make others look at it and sort of spotlight mm -hmm. them. Uh, super fun, super easy. And one of these things that for any grade level, I mean, obviously you need to know how to type and all this other stuff, and you have to be able to use a computer, but Truly, like, whatever grade level that starts at, I don't know if that's first grade or second grade, but whatever that is, this is a kind of technology, you know, teachers sometimes, and I'm one of them too, where you're like, oh, a new tool, I don't know if I want to introduce a new tool to my students, I already had them do a tool like three weeks ago, like, eh, I'm not going to have them do it, this is such low-hanging fruit because it works the same way, like I said, as a Kahoot. So like they're used to it. Yep. They're go to it. It's going to say, what's the room code? You're going to say, guys, the room code is 5172. And like they'll type it in. And boom, they're in. And then it's going to be like, what are you, what's your name? You've told them. Make it green. And then Paul. Okay. And whoop, they're in. Perfect. You know, so like great one to sort of put out there, try, not worry too much about it. Super fun too. <laughs> uh, it sounds like it on that note 
If you're doing distance learning, I think another low, uh, lowercase g mechanic we can drop in here, we had just spoke about it a little bit in that last one, is the time mechanic. In the last one, I was trying to highlight the, the, the creativity of drawing and like the fun of that. But time mechanic can be a whole lot of fun. And with distance learning, you can actually play with it two different ways. One, you could try, just like I said, do some fun activity where it's like, you have a minute to do this. You have a, and with Google Forms, you could see that they're like dropping these things in. And if you want them to answer a question in a minute or find a fact, like maybe practice research skills, like, hey, just a practice. Let's say we were, I'm a world history teacher, so I'm never going to mm -hmm. do this, but like, I could say like, let's pretend we were going to do research on chocolate chip cookies, you know, like I'm going to give you guys 45 seconds, try to go find a fact, put it in, you know, and hit submit on our Google form. And then all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, like guys in 45 seconds between all of us, we got like 25 facts about chocolate chip cookies and then like be relational, read, read some mm -hmm. of them back. Be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this much. Like, <laughs> did you guys know this? Like, that's great. Who found that one? Like. And then, then that kid gets to tell the story like, yeah, I was on Nestle Toll House's website and they said chocolate chip cookies, you know. So I think that time mechanic is kind of fun that like, ooh, what can we do? Well, it's not even – you don't even have to frame it as a race. It's we're all going to do this. Go. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. It's not first to do it. It's just right. let's see what we can do in 45 seconds. Let's see what we can do in five minutes and enter stuff several times. Like find one fact, find another fact. Well, and that was a good quick thing we did last year with just a scavenger hunt is you have two minutes. I have three things up on the screen. Go get these things and come back to your screen now. I loved, I did a scavenger hunt too. My favorite aspect of my scavenger hunt, Paul, do you know how to take a screenshot? Yes. Okay. That's the only like technical t thing you need on this. So I used like a Google slide to tell them what they needed to find. For mine, they only needed to find one thing, and then we'd do another round and find another one. But uh, I didn't necessarily tell them how much time they had. I would just sort of wait till I see that like some people were successful, and then I'd start a countdown. And while I'm counting down, I'm already prepped with a screenshot. Like, you know, I'm hanging. All I have to do is let go of the mouse, and it'll take the photograph. Um, and my rule was you had to be in frame with the object by the time I take the photo. Oh, I like that. And they get one point for having it, but then they get another point. So double their score if they take what I said were a really good screeny. So it's like a selfie. So <laughs> then they're trying to be like silly with the like fun little object they found. Mm -hmm. And it produces just some great cute photos that you can share with parents like in like a newsletter because it oh, looks like perfect. a whole screen of kids smiling and, you know, pretending to pour toothpaste down their mouth because like that's what they had to find. <laughs> right that's perfect it is it is really cute so that's an easy twist again those are mm -hmm. like lowercase g relational playful not huge system you know um if you are trying the first one where we talked about just any little theme for the week you could all of a sudden make that like we're finding things for the spaceship we're packing up oh yeah <laughs> we and you could even say we need uh we need cooling gel and then in in parentheses, toothpaste. <laughs> exactly. And this gets kids sort of used to that playful thing. And I bet you then at the end of that week, 
you know, let's say the next week, the following week, it's just sort of normal. I bet you one or two of your students are going to be like, you know, that rocket ship thing was fun. Mm-hmm. You know, can we try something else? And you'd be like, sure. And then maybe you, your team, maybe that third grade teacher that took the, the rocket ship one, you guys could sort of b- banter around some ideas. And all of a sudden, yeah, you're going on a pirate ship for the for the next week. Yeah, I love it. And it's, it's perfect in these first couple weeks. I mean, I think the biggest fear that I have and one of the biggest fears I hear talking to my colleagues now that we know we're doing distance learning again is we we last semester knew all those kids we had relationships with all those kids and now a lot of our relationship building is going on through a screen so these first couple weeks even without with and without academics tied to it these little games are a perfect avenue to build community, build relationships from teacher to student and get that kind of playfulness in there so that we're not just dropping in and saying, all right, here's your schedule for the week. Here's the work you need to do. You need to be in meeting this meeting now, this meeting then on and on and on. I hundred percent agree with you again, Paul, can't believe that you're about to round into your third year (laughs) teaching because that's, that's, I mean, that's super wise. Uh, I, a lot of the webinars that I've given uh, this summer around the United States it, have centered around that. Like now more than ever, you need to be relational. Like I know there's this huge itch, this huge push to be like, I'm already going to get through so little content. I better make all my meetings, all my like sessions with students just plan to the minute and just content, content, content. Please don't do that, people. Like now more than ever, these kids need to know that you love them, that you care about them, and they need to have that joy of school. And they're not getting it through things that like recess. They don't have that anymore. So seeing you be playful, allowing them to be playful, and yep, getting through less content. It's well, and I, it's I would okay. rather them. I would rather them pick up eighty percent of a small amount of content than 20% of all the content I was supposed to get through the year. And they are not going to pick up content if they don't care to be there and they don't see that you're having fun. Yes. I mean, a hundred percent. And I think we also have to recognize, and I think we knew this for years, like the science of school is actually not as accurate as we think it is, right? Mm-hmm. We, we believe that it's like, well, this is fifth grade. We have to teach them fifth grade stuff or they're going to be ruined for life if they don't have this fifth grade chunk. The science of school is not actually that precise. Like, mm-hmm. like, and we know it from catching people up that are two grade levels behind in reading, like, and we mm-hmm. can catch them up. And if we don't take the time and actually be relational with that kid, it's just going to be three grades behind because they don't care to actually start. It's, it is about relationships. Like that is the bedrock of all learning, not just learning in the traditional school sense, but all learning it's, it's relationship with each other. It's relationship with the material and it cannot just be like cram it down your throat. Absolutely. I am glad you said that because I have a question from Paul that is kind of my big, my big question for the year. Um, we, we were talking about it in a training as well, and it's some of the most important learning happens on the playground. How do we, how do we build those relationships between kids in this distance model? And it's a big question. That is a big question. My, my approach. <sighs> This is going to sound a little crazy. Bear with me, Paul. 
Go for it. Bear with me. I'm gonna. We're gonna set aside that tiniest of tiny percents of curmudgeon teachers, and I <laughs> I say that with all due respect. Every profession has some curmudgeons, mm-hmm. so this is not a slant on teachers. But we're gonna set those aside. Everyone else, their hearts breaking for these kids. Even the curmudgeons are breaking for the kids, <laughs> right? But the curmudgeons yes. are definitely gonna still just try to do what they're gonna do. Right, but everyone else that's like looking like you, like you're asking the question, how can we be our best for these students and even provide that student to student connection? I think two ways to do it. It's not going to be perfect. I mean, but two ways you two two ways you could achieve it. They're both going to require extra time by you, Paul. And that's where I had to sort of leave the curmudgeon side. The people that are like, well, my school day ends at four or whatever. And I'm done. I'm not touching another thing. That's not going to fix those students because your school day still has to be school driven. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it still has to be that. And I and I think you should add those relational things, like I said. But but that's relational as a community, not really giving too much time for like kids to be one on one. So, long story short, I think you should try to offer some after school or evening even programming for both families and your students and if you get any traction at all it's going to probably start small which is going to achieve actually by accident the thing you asked like there's going to be only like four kids three kids that show up in some after school like I don't know, wits and wagers tournament you wanted to do. Yeah. Right? Great game, by the way, if you, if you don't know that so, one. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, so, okay. And that's going to make it easier for you to actually run because you're only going to have like four students show up or three students to show up and, and leave all content at the door. Don't remind them. Oh, and Jimmy, don't forget we have a test tomorrow. Like, nope, like yep. school doesn't exist. This is some buddies hanging out playing wits and wagers together, right? Yep. Have fun with it. Joke with them. Tell them to bring a snack. Have your own like soda there and, and be like, all right, are we ready? We're going to do this. You know, make jokes, whatever. Ask them what games they like. Okay, cool. Then on the flip side, try to do a similar thing that are like, uh, off the top of my head, I'm thinking like, do like a trivia night for families like and specifically Mm -hmm. invite the family so it is the mom and dad the son the daughter whatever the dog in the living room they got you up on their like tv yep and we're 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 gonna play some family trivia together oh i love that what i think this is gonna do is help out new students in your classes right like some of them Mm -hmm. don't have connections like these kids can't like facetime their buddy because like they don't know anybody at the school they just made it to the school so this also builds a ton of goodwill with parents. I mean, they really yes. see you're trying to help out. And then my last like sort of follow-up to both of these ideas is you had talked about some like advising time, if you will, like some SEL time you, you guys have built in. You know, extend to your class opportunities to hang out. I mean, literally just have a hangout period. Say like, hey... Wednesdays, my advisees, I don't know what word you use, my advisees, my students, whatever. Yeah. Hey, Wednesdays from like 3 to 3.30, 3 to 4 or whatever, I'm just going to be in my Google Meet. I don't know how your WebEx works, but like 
My Google Meet, it's, I could just yep. leave open. It's just running. Yep. And I'm just sitting here. If no one shows up, I can continue to grade or continue the mm -hmm. lesson plan. But when kids show up, it's just a hangout space. And just tell them, like, it doesn't have to be like, and how are you doing, Billy? Like, about it doesn't have to be that. It's just a hangout space. Like, hey, what's yeah. up, Billy? Like, thanks for dropping in. You know, and Billy's like, oh, I just want to check it out. Like, cool. Like, what are you up to today? You know, keep yeah. it light. And then, you know, you know, encourage Billy to come back, encourage other kids to come back. And all of a sudden you're going to have, again, it's not going to be a hundred percent guys. We have to get that out of our head. It's not going to be a hundred percent. And I read an article early on in COVID where a teacher was like heartbroken. Like I, I did exactly what I just said there. You know, like I, I started this thing and only like one kid came and like, I felt like so embarrassed that no kid came. And the article goes on to say like, Honestly, if kids don't come, it actually means they're doing okay. Mm -hmm. And the ones that come, it doesn't mean they're not doing okay. They just they were curious. Mm -hmm. But like it's okay for you to run this and three kids show up. That's not yep. a failure. That's you being there for those three kids. And that's why we do this. Yeah. And then like hopefully you guys can form those bonds. Oh, maybe this is the middle school teacher talking. But the other thing, have inside jokes. Like, <laughs> you know, those three, if they mm -hmm. come and then if you're in a class with one or two of those three and you can think of a way to like bring up something silly, like from that moment, even if it's just them that know it, you know, like for whatever reason, you guys joked about cowboys last night. If in your teaching of math and you could just make up a math problem, like imagine if we had, you know, if you had five cowboys ride into town, but like one of them like fell asleep and forgot to leave, you know, how many we're left leaving town, like, okay, the answer's four. But, like, they know that, like, why mm -hmm. the heck did he make cowboys the thing? <laughs> like, only those three are going to know, and they're going to laugh, and they're going to think it's cute that you brought up cowboys because you made a big deal last night about it. I love it. Yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if that helps, but we are definitely oh, at reflection time here. Time, time flies with you, Paul. Time flies. It really does. I feel like we've been here a minute or two. I, know, I, I do too. I looked at the clock and I'm like, ooh, we are already at 30 minutes. So here we go. Reflection time. This one comes from Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, really good quote. I'm curious what we're going to spin this with. All right. It says, in any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the wrong thing. The worst thing you can do is nothing. <laughs> that's I love that um, I'm trying to remember I had said something or at the beginning of this conversation about experimenting and and I think one of the most important things to tell your kids that I'm going to tell my kids is we are going to get things wrong when we do this but we're going to learn from them and we're going to move forward and we're going to talk to each other about how to do things better. And I think that quote is so perfect about, I would rather do something wrong and learn that it was wrong than not do anything and wonder, oh, I wonder what would happen if I did that thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. For me, the quote is so perfect at, I liked how you were talking to the students about, what you the teacher is doing for me my answer was going to be like that this is so true for us teachers we mm -hmm. we usually want to be so perfectionistic in our craft 
that we don't make a single mistake, that we've practiced this, that we understand this tool. One of the reasons we don't want to use new tools is because we don't understand them and then we don't feel confident enough to roll it out in front of students. And I just hope all of us teachers keep Teddy Roosevelt's sort of philosophy here in mind that like the worst thing you could do is nothing. And so, you know, and the best thing you can do is the right thing. And I doubt the right thing is just rolling with your lessons the way you've done them in the past. Yes. So, uh, you know, don't just continue to do that. That's the equivalent of doing nothing. So try some things and I bet you some of those things you're going to get right. And that means like you're hitting it out of the park and yep, some of them will be swings and a misses, but like Paul said, you're going to learn from those. Well, I think that's an important message to send to the kids as well. I have a population that anxiety is a very big part of, of this group and letting them know, Hey, you're going to get it wrong and that's okay. In fact, it's a good thing that you were going to get it wrong. True because words. Because you can get it right next time. That's right. True words, Paul. So thank you so much, Paul, for yes. coming back on the show. Again, as always, hope to have you again soon. Absolutely. Everyone else, a huge thanks for coming to Well Played Podcast each and every week. I absolutely love it. Thank you for continuing to share it out and grow the community, invite others to this podcast community. Can't believe we're already in season four. We're almost halfway through season four. That's crazy. All right, everybody, have a great day and play on.